guys. Welcome back to the Allergic to Grace podcast. I'm Victoria. And I'm Whitney. We're so glad you joined in to listen today. We are starting this brand new season in the book of Exodus, and we would love to have you follow along and listen to future episodes. So be sure to give the show a follow wherever you get your podcasts. In today's episode, we're going to be introducing the book of Exodus and discussing chapters one and two. So without further ado, Whitney, here we go. Here we go. (laughs) So I think one of the where we should start is kind of looking at what time frame in history we're looking at. Yes. And I know in a lot of the research that I had done and when we were talking earlier, it's really difficult to pin down an exact time frame of where this could have happened. This, You're talking about this like book. the actual exodus or just well, this book? This book. Uh-huh. Like the the time frame of, you know, when everything started and when everything finished yeah type of thing yeah um and a lot of the stuff that i found settled on around the 13th century bc oh so you're like talking about like actual years yeah in terms of like yeah just because yeah just because too i mean we did it with genesis and i think too it's easier for me i struggle with that to keep it's easier for me to understand and like remember that this was this took place in history that we are currently living yeah. that you know this was not the bible was not on its own timeline it's not a separate know? world it happened here exactly yeah and it's so, so easy to say okay well god created the heavens and the earth at the beginning of time year one you know yes. and then genesis runs through about 2400 years yeah isn't that crazy that's insane that's but a like, long time and then after that we come into exodus which is like right after the end of genesis so like in those terms we have like a general timeline of how much time has taken place but we don't know where it's at in terms of like how we're calculating time for historical yes. accuracy yeah like civilizations yeah. like ancient civilizations and, and I that suck type at of that. thing I suck you at that. and me both and <laughs> as soon as they start putting letters after nope. the years for forget about it no nope. like nope i'm i'm lost i had to do a whole researching thing on like what's the difference between bc and bce like and where did like, we start in like the the centuries like you know we're in the what 21st century right now yeah like when did we start what year did we start the right? centuries like was exactly it one? like right I don't or was it zero i'm like confused how, how did we get here right <laughs> <laughs> i don't know um, i don't get it so as far as like exact years i don't have exact years i did see a couple of different things where people gave like a range of a couple different years that they thought it might have been but a lot of the stuff that i found settled on like the 13th century bce which stands for also, you see BC, it's before Christ. Yeah, and, like, and the that's E, just, I think, just makes it kind of like, it's more broad and more generalized and not as specific. Well, see, like, there's so many, I feel like there are so many different times. Like, mm-hmm. some people say BC, some people say BCE, some people say something else like and yeah it's not consistent right. and i i get mm-hmm. lost in that mm-hmm. maybe we'll do a, a rabbit hole one day about yeah add that onto the list the of times add that onto the list of eventual patron episodes <laughs> seriously i mean it's difficult to pinpoint in general it just is. because genesis was written at the beginning of time well no because moses wrote most of genesis oh so like, when genesis was written yes when it was yeah, written. not when it took place i misheard yeah, yeah. when it was written it yeah. was like yeah he wrote and i think we talked about this and you may be going to talk about well let me just finish the whole time timeline yeah go ahead so 13th century bce and the reason they landed on that was because in one of the documentaries that i watched um it had talked about the reason they were able to base this on is how fast moses and aaron who is moses's brother yeah were able to get back and forth and how easily accessible the Pharaoh was to them. Mm -hmm. That when the actual exodus took place, um, the Pharaoh called them in the middle of the night. They came to his home in the middle of the night. And then by that morning, the Israelites were packing to get out of town. Mm -hmm. So they would have had to have been fairly close to, you know, where the Pharaoh lived um, and how easy it was to get him to talk to him you know with all the back and forth that they did uh-huh. um and the reason i say that is because eventually or you know right around this time egypt was breaking up into like multiple little dynasties within the country uh-huh. and so 
Mm, nope that has nothing to do with it either well maybe like the history of egypt then yeah. breaking apart kind of moving sprawling out. yeah and that and based on the fact that which we're going to read here in a little bit the name of the cities where they were working at um Ramis and Paramesi, I believe is how you pronounce it. Uh-huh. I'm sorry if it's wrong. Um, and when that was built, they were able to determine that the 13th century BCE is right and around. Okay. So they're kind of tying it back at. to like those archaeological findings and like the yeah. history of Egypt, which mind yeah. you, I feel like Egypt is one of the most, aside from Pompeii, because come on, was one of the most preserved civilizations in ancient society just because of how much preserving they did of their dead how much documentation they had in their country and like and exactly which maybe this is a whole separate point to go to for a whole other episode maybe that's why they were there well and the fact that they have like all this well-documented history but they didn't record the exodus happening yeah so people are like well did it really happen mm-hmm. i mean yeah it happened of course. but of course they would the egyptian the history were not, of course they weren't when they had all of these people leave that they had you know oppressed and enslaved for well, yeah and two they were racially segregated mm-hmm. for so long that's why israel was able to grow so much within egypt because they definitely wouldn't have been able to do that in canaan because yeah. of they would have to intermingle and do all this with the pagans and like yeah. no it wouldn't have been possible so that's why yeah, they were there they're kind of offset on so of own. course the egyptians wouldn't write in their history books about exactly enslaving an entire people and exactly them leaving and <laughs> ultimately bringing plagues upon everybody so yeah like, i mean no, ex- that's exactly what it was yeah so but anyways that was really all i had on like the time frame i just google documentaries there's a lot of like exodus time documentaries there's a lot of interesting stuff out there interesting rabbit holes yes clearly clearly so yeah like genesis moses was the author of exodus and we know that because exodus is basically the book of moses um it's about Mm -hmm. moses in general about how he was born about his upbringing about um anything up until the point where god called him to lead his people um and even after that, doesn't it go through Moses's death to Exodus? Uh, I don't know if Exodus does. I don't know off the top of my head. It could. It very well could. Well, Jesus himself referenced Exodus well as the book of Moses. Um, and Moses was instructed by God to write down, down the Ten Commandments. He was also instructed by God to write Genesis and the book of Exodus. So there is no doubt um, that Moses was the explicit author of Exodus. Yeah, sorry. I was just looking through it to see if there was a section entitled death of moses to see so i mean it very well could i don't, I, I don't i'll be honest with i don't you. know I to don't be completely know. honest with you and with everybody else on the podcast listening i have never read through the entire book of exodus so i'm super excited yeah no it wasn't because they ended exodus with the tabernacle okay i thought so there. but i wasn't i like i said i don't know yes. it's been a long time since i've read through yes exodus so, so yeah. it's a historical narrative is what it is much like genesis Except we have no creation of the world in Exodus, which I miss. Yes. Genesis opened so so beautifully. It did. It (laughs) did. And uh, Exodus kind of opens quite glumly. It was very glum. But that's how they connect Genesis with Exodus. That's how we know it's the next book in the the (laughs) Pentateuch. 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 So Pentateuch is like the first five books of the Bible, if you don't know that. I recently learned that. Mm -hmm. So that's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Yes. Were they all written by Moses? You got me. I don't know. I was just curious. Maybe. I don't know. I w- it wouldn't surprise it me. It doesn't matter. I was just curious as if you knew that or not. But anyways. Um, two, one of the things I thought was quite interesting in how we can see transition in time and things is like Genesis talks about one specific family story. And now in Exodus, we're transitioning to talk about an entire people's story. So we're not talking about it's kind of like God promised that would happen. What? Oh my gosh. What you mean back in Genesis, he told Abraham he his offspring were going to be oppressed for 400 years? And that they and would come into a, a land multitude that of nations? And now instead of focusing on that single familial line, we are looking at a multitude of nations in the nation of Israel. Yes. So all in that family line, but we're now looking at Israel as like a whole people rather than as Israel, a single individual a single person. Yeah. yeah i.e. jacob yes <laughs> yes um so exodus can be separated out into two main sections 
Um, the first one is God calling his people out of Egypt, which is the Exodus. Yes. Um, and second, it is the it stresses the importance of the consecration of God's people. And I think Whitney said it a little bit better than what my Bible could. How Exodus is split? Yes. I just have that Exodus, the first half of the first half. <laughs> words, words are, are hard. hard. The first half of the book are chapters one through 20 is God rescuing his people. And then the second half of the book, chapters 20 through 40 are God building his relationship with his people. And, mm-hmm. you know, we see them, you know, we have all the, all of the dramatics and things of them getting out of Egypt and everything. But then we also have the dramatics of God putting rules in place for his Mm -hmm. people and then whether or not they can and choose to keep them. Yeah. And then that's where we get a lot of those um, rites and I don't want to say rituals, but rituals about, you know, how the most holy place and the tabernacle and all of that stuff. So like, exactly all those rules and and regulations we get to see where that started exactly regulations Mm -hmm. more you know even in this book the foundations of yes where we're getting everything else themes of exodus um we have salvation through judgment we're going to see all of these as we work our way through but we have salvation through judgment Mm -hmm. the need for a mediator oh yeah um covenant obligations okay and holy worship. Okay. All right. Yeah. Main themes of Exodus. And it f- further shows, Exodus in general, further shows the fulfillment of the promise that was made to Abraham. Yes. So, yeah. It's kind of like an extenuation of that. Exactly. And like you can look in, like, as you're reading, it, I mean, in the digital copy anyway, you can do it. I would assume it would have it in a study Bible as well. But like, you can see that it's definitely God keeping his word because it's cross-referencing with past scripture, past yes. God's word, and future God's word. So, yes. Did you see that graphic? Have you seen that graphic of how many times like the Bible references itself? Uh, I think I did a, a while ago. I don't remember it off the top of it's my head. So it's so much. It's so much. It's insane. It looks so it's, cool, though. Yeah. It looks like a giant rainbow, almost, of how many like... Coincidence? <laughs> of how many like, you know, pinpoints yeah. from like each... End. I mean, and it's really neat too, as I found, especially like for myself, whenever, because we've been going through the, these books at a slower rate and I can actually like study them and read with them yeah. is that I can see where it's, where it's referencing itself. And I can be like, oh my goodness, I remember, mm-hmm. you know, God told Abraham, your people are going to sojourn in the land for 400 years. I mean, you're not going to be there for it, but they're going to be oppressed. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be fun, but it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Before even the end of Genesis, the, it's already uh, happening. Exactly. It's already happening. And I think we're going to get into it a lot more, be able to see like the references made when we get into the New Testament mm-hmm. and within Jesus's ministry, because he references Genesis. He references the old covenant or the old, whatever the Jews follow yeah. is so much. Like, that's why they were just like, who is this guy? Yeah. Why does he know? Why does he know the law so well? So well. Mm, probably because he is the law. <laughs> right. He is the word. We should probably reference that's law and order. Um, this is not really a link. <laughs> 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 okay. Anyway. So the whole book of Exodus covers about 80 years. So the whole book of Genesis covered about 2,400 years, which is a lot. That is a lot. We have to think about it, though. Beginning of time. A flood. A flood. A worldwide flood coming back from that. Yeah. Building an entire people. Like 2,400 years was Exodus. Not Exodus. Genesis. Genesis. Exodus covers about 80 years. Yep. The whole book. Okay. So it's a lot shorter time frame. A lot shorter timeline. Yeah. Um, But when we left off in Genesis. Hold on. Are you going into the chapter? Yeah. Only because I, I just have... So before we go into the first chapter, I just have my Bible has this really interesting um, oh, yeah. description of of like how it goes over, I guess, an overview or how it describes like if Exodus were to, were to have its own book and have a description on the back. To me, this is what will be on the back. Okay. So I, I'm just going to read some parts of it. It's only 
Well, it's a paragraph, so let's see how long it takes. Okay. Exodus is an adventure story par excellence. It features a cruel villain, the Pharaoh, an unlikely hero, Moses, overwhelming disasters, the plagues, (laughs) a spectacular deliverance crossing the Red Sea, a long journey through the wilderness, a mountaintop experience, and a grand finale where the Lord... Where the presence of God comes down to the Ark of the Covenant, filling the tabernacle with glory. The story features unexpected setbacks and unpredictable delays, magic tricks, miracles, feasts and festivals, music and dancing, and many close encounters with the living God. God's purpose in all this was to show his glory by fulfilling the promises he had made to his people in the covenant. The Exodus is the deliverance of the Old Testament, the definitive salvation event that established the identity of Israel as the people of God and demonstrated the character of their deliverer as well as God who saves. I just thought that was really, I thought it was neat because it reminded me of like, you know, the the back of a book cover or like a movie description or whatever. And I'm like, that's all of that really is is this. Like you have, you I would not. Be, I don't think I would be bored reading this. No, no. And I think it's going to have a lot of twists and turns and a lot of exciting moments similar to Genesis, but it's going to end on a high note. Yeah. On a very high note. Yeah. So without further ado. Yes. Let's jump right into the first chapter. chapter one. So at this point, it's been about 64 years between the end of Genesis and the start of Exodus, because the start of Exodus is talking about basically where they left off, but it's mostly about Moses's birth. Which makes sense. Yes. Yeah. So it starts out with telling us, you know, about how, mind you, keep in mind that when Jacob and Joseph's family came to Egypt, there were all together were 70 70, of them. 70. Um, And the first thing it's telling us is, is that Israel increases greatly in Egypt. Yep. And kind of like when we talked about in the introduction, you know, like you said, Victoria, how because they were so segregated, the Israelites were able to be off kind of like in their own little world and yeah. they just kept growing in numbers and, be- and becoming greater and greater and greater. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's because of that segregation in Egypt that they were able to do that's why they were there because God wanted them to grow into a multitude of nations and they could not do that in the land of Canaan. That makes so much sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the beginning of Exodus literal chapter 1 um the first couple of verses talk about who came into Israel with Jacob um and basically goes into the death of Joseph um because that was the end of Genesis. So this is like that link that first connection that connects Genesis to Exodus. That's yeah. how we know that Exodus follows Genesis. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, these were books. Like it wasn't all one book bound yeah, together. Now, like, yeah, they, they were separate. Separate mm-hmm. doctrines. So like if you were to pick this up and if it were to just start off with, now there arose a new king over Egypt. Okay, what? Who did not know Joseph. Yeah, who's Joseph? Who's Joseph? Why is he important? Like if you hadn't, re- if you hadn't read Genesis, if you didn't know Genesis existed. Yeah, or you didn't have anybody to teach you about Genesis. Yeah. Anyway, so um, basically that whole first verse from verse one to seven. Yeah. Um, it's just linking Genesis to Exodus. Who came into Egypt with Jacob and then the death of Joseph. And then it goes into what's happening now in Exodus yes. or in Egypt at that time. Yeah. So there's a new Pharaoh, a new Pharaoh in town there's who did new, not know Joseph. Did not know Joseph. And mind you, Joseph and, and the Pharaoh the previous pharaoh they were buddies they were they were very close the pharaoh took very good care of joseph and his family his whole family yeah not just like him and his brother or like him and his father i mean yeah and i'm wondering i this is probably a rabbit hole moment but i'm wondering what happened what happened to that old pharaoh and how did this new pharaoh come to be that I'm, they weren't acquainted well i'm sure maybe you know that you maybe. said it how many years have passed like 64 64 so i'm sure he died and then maybe his son died and nope. if joseph his, died he died and his status died with him okay well, there we go there you go because i completely forgot he died yeah <laughs> there you go he's not alive and at this so point. <laughs> yeah so i mean there was nobody if there was nobody there to talk about him or nobody to remind them like hey don't forget this is why these people are important yeah exactly and why would they why would they because they're so segregated you know like you had one person that was kind of like a link and Mm -hmm. then that one person died and then it was like who are these people why are they here yeah why are they taking over our land exactly why are they growing so much exactly now take that mindset 
and this is again kind of like moving a little bit further down in that first chapter you're seeing all that you don't know who these people are but you're in charge and you're seeing that they're successful at what they do and they're great in number mm-hmm. so you get scared and they are wealthy yeah they have so much because mind you goshen was one of the most fertile places mm-hmm. in egypt so yeah. of course they have a lot yeah Yep. And so And secondly, they're blessed by God. Like, yeah. Come on. Right. <laughs> they're God's chosen people. Literally. You can't beat that. So the new king is like, you know, the this this little country of Israel up here, they have way too many people. They're gonna overtake us. They are very much so in the mindset, Egypt is very much so in the mindset of protecting their assets. They want to keep what's theirs and they don't want intruders quote-unquote intruders Mm -hmm. coming in and taking what they have and they're seeing that these people are great in number and that they could definitely overtake them them on easily easily um so they devise a plan yes they do what's his plan behold the people of israel are too many and too mighty for us come let us deal shrewdly with them shrewdly lest they multiply um basically he puts them to work and if war breaks out they're gonna join our enemies that's Mm -hmm. what he says yeah it's it's a whole delusion in his own head he's like this is what's gonna happen oh my gosh we need to do something about this and it hasn't even hasn't even happened happened. paranoia paranoia Paranoia. so who do you think was that whispering that in his ear the devil the enemy they'll join our enemies little do you know yeah right (laughs) you are the enemy seriously So, so (laughs) <laughs> go ahead go ahead so they they set task makers over them to afflict them with heavy burdens so basically this they they make them slaves yeah they enslave them and they make them do hard labor physical labor hard physical labor so i went down a rabbit hole oh good about the hard physical labor yes. because i was thinking from like the very get-go that okay the israelites definitely built the pyramids i thought that for the longest time actually up until i started doing research for this chapter yes the israelites definitely built the pyramids who else would they have enslaved to build these pyramids the israelites are the only people that i could think of but nay nay (laughs) (laughs) that's not how it happened so i did a little research into the background of egypt and mind you the first settlers in egypt came from ham Okay. The son of Noah. Mm-hmm. So from Noah to Joseph was about 603 years. Okay. Give or take. Okay. Mind you. Okay. I did a lot of research. Like I spent days. Oh, goodness. <laughs> researching this. Stuff. I'm excited to hear this. So the things that we call the Great Pyramids, mm-hmm. like the Great Pyramid of Giza and like all of yeah, that the other seven, stuff. Yeah, one of the, the seven one, wonders of the world. Yes, yes. Those were built prior to Jacob coming to Egypt prior to Joseph. So by Ham's people, by Ham's Ham's people, people. they were built by the inhabitants of Egypt. And there's evidence of this because they were actually paid laborers to build these massive structures for these pharaohs Interesting, because they are actually buried with them in the pyramids. Wow. So people who built the seven, one of the seven wonders of the world aren't slaves. They were paid laborers. Now they're not aliens. They're not aliens. They're not aliens. Okay. Um, but it is kind of crazy how, um, have you ever been to like, seriously, like, have you ever been? No, you haven't. But if you've ever been to Stonehenge, they have this whole thing about how, how much strength and how much power you would need to pull one of the stones up to erect it right and it's the same applies for the pyramids because they were built out of like limestone i think which is like super heavy bricks like they were huge bricks and you would need like half a dozen or even two dozen people to move one of these bricks and they built it up right so Nephilim definitely, I feel, had some help. I'm sure. <laughs> with building the pyramids sure. of Giza and, and like all of that. I was literally just thinking about this too. So, you know, we've referenced in past episodes when we were talking about Genesis, you know, the de-evolution of humans because of the fall. Yeah. Why can't that also include intelligence? So who's to say that there was, n- they did not have some type of simple or complex machine. I'm not talking about industrial like we have now, but like some type of like pulley or rope or some type of system mind you to do that prior to the flood think about this now prior to the flood people were living up to 800 900 years yeah so 
advanced civilization prior to the flood oh, is yeah. not that far-fetched i really think atlantis was a thing that was destroyed by the flood i've done absolutely positively no research into it but it's just it's, a theory that i have and i would like to put it on the list of things to eventually look into it's definitely a probability like 1, who's to say that that and I also bet you any money that if land if atlantis is real it's in the desert i'm sure that it is wait didn't they think they found it i don't know i don't know i've done no anyway, research <laughs> anyway uh, no research at all tangents. whatsoever okay anyway so the great pyramids weren't built by the israelites they were built about 600 years prior to them actually arriving in egypt so when they went and were enslaved by the egyptians they weren't building giant pyramids they were building smaller cities they were building some pyramids but they were very very small compared to the great pyramids so do you think the great pyramids that they were building and maybe this is a different they were there were they they? yes do you think those were also a form of like ziggurats probably I mean, they were pagans. And that's why they wanted them huge. They were pagans. But see, at the same time, you brought up a good point the other day that the Egyptians thought that when you died, what you were buried with was taken with you. Oh, that's true. So So they needed a bunch of space for like the pharaohs and like those like higher ups to be buried with all their whatever. Okay. Which makes sense. But I have done absolutely no other research about Egypt and, and all that. But I just know that Ham's sons, Ham's descendants settled in Egypt about 600 years prior to when Joseph was alive. So they built the pyramids. The ham, is he the middle one? Was he the bad one? Ham? Yeah. Yes, ham was the bad one. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was just wondering. Not that it matters. But- I think it came from Canaan's sons, actually. One mm-hmm. of Canaan's sons mm-hmm. were the ones that settled in Egypt mm-hmm. because his name meant Egypt. Remember? Yes. Forever ago, we went yes. that. But yes. anyway. Okay. Anyway, so they put the... No, they don't put... The- they do not put the Egyptians to work. The Egyptians put the Israelites to work. Yes. To build smaller cities, pyramid-like yeah. structures for new civilization, yeah. basically. But they're enslaved. Like, they're working against their will. They're probably not getting paid. They're being very badly treated. Yes. Like... Oh, they... Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and was the pharaoh or the... I'm sorry, they call him the king. Was the king of Egypt, was he happy with that? Was he satisfied with enslaving the Israelites? Because why? But wait, there's more. He wasn't. Because the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and the more they spread abroad. Funny how that works. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm sorry. Were you, were you trying to oppress God's people? So what was what? So then what was his next solution? We're talking. He Remember, he's let's deal with them shrewdly. He's he's working out of delusion here, too. He is. A thousand percent. He's gaslighting himself. <laughs> he really is. That's what he's doing. He really is. He's like, oh my gosh. He's developed all these a people- situation that hasn't even happened. Seriously, all these people are, are too much for us. We need to and do something. The, the funny thing is, I guess, is that the Egypt is... The, where they are at is not even the promised land. Nope. So, like, they wouldn't... Whatever. But King the Egyptians don't Egypt, know that. No. They could have asked. Would they? Because they don't even eat with them. I doubt they would talk to them. Uh, excuse me. Could you leave, please? Thank you. <laughs> Seriously. So they ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves and made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick. So they were bricklayers and all kinds of work in the field. In all their work, they ruthlessly made them work as slaves. I like how they said ruthlessly twice. Yeah. Because it really drives home the point. Because remember, too, we've talked about this also is that. Yeah. How did the authors get a point across? They repeated it. Yeah. So So the king of Egypt did not want the Israelites becoming any greater than they actually were. He didn't want them to multiply anymore. He was like, these people need to just disappear off the face of the planet. And that's, yes, that's what he wanted. Very much so. Very much so. So he talked to two of the midwives um, from the Hebrew or from the Israelites. Like Mm -hmm. they were Hebrew midwives. Yes. So they were part of the Israelites, right? I would assume so. And that's why they uh, didn't do it. So um, so he says to the midwives, when you serve as a midwife to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall kill him. But if it's a daughter, she shall live. Mm-hmm. I did some research on this birth stool. <laughs> Because I was like, what is a birth stool? (laughs) Are you having one? 
What do you mean? Are you going to have one if you ever have children? Heck no. <laughs> okay, so this is not an Isaac, um, Rebecca nose ring situation we're talking no, here. No, 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 no. This birth stool. <coughs> Can I just tell you what I'm picturing first? Go ahead. Just yeah. by your reaction, I'm picturing some type of terrible medieval contraption. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Anyway, <laughs> go. I'm so, excited to learn about it. Did you know that laying down is not the most effective way to give birth? You know, I've been watching Call the Midwife lately, and I have been seeing that laying down is not the way to go. It's not, because think about it. Gravity. Mm-hmm. If you're laying down, gravity does not work this way. Yeah. It does not work horizontally. It works vertically. Pop a squat. That's exactly what the birth stool is for. Yeah. So they pop a squat. And it's like, basic. It means two stones. So their feet are up on two stones and they're like squatting. Like frogs squatting down. To bring forth. That would make things so much easier. I wish you could see this. Uh, It's squat. It's a literal squat. Yeah. But that don't drop the baby. Um, That would have made giving birth so much easier. Yeah. There, There are also other like future renditions of it where it's a chair. Like, I've seen I wish those. you would watch Handmaid's Tale. I know it's terrible. I can't do it. I can't. But they have a birth stool. It's like a, it's an upright chair I, where their legs are like, I can look at you. I'll send you a picture. I'm like picturing like, it's like a, a thing with like a back, has like longer arms, like two poles coming out the end of the handles. You can hold on to it, but you know. Yeah, it's something you can bear down, but you're, you're like sitting upright. So like, yes. you're like bearing down I've seen this things way like that. Instead of bearing yeah. down this Yes, way. I've seen things like that. Yeah interesting disgusting anyway so when you well think about it too that's probably like also when mom is the most vulnerable well, nobody around is going to be able to protect it because yeah. giving birth was not a, a whole thing affair you waited yeah and they would tell you i also like the fact that the midwives are named but we do not know the king of israel not israel the king of egypt it's a name he is not That's mentioned. His name is not mentioned. No. But we know these midwives' names. Mm-hmm. Like these midwives who, to they're be heroes. fair, they're heroes. A they're thousand heroes. percent. Because they responded where they were like, well, the Hebrew women don't really need midwives. They're done by the time we get there. Yeah. They said, what do they say? They're very vigorous and give birth before the midwife arrives. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to be vigorous, please. <laughs> make it quick they're not like egyptian women no they're not (laughs) the hebrew women are not like the egyptian women for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife midwife comes to them and what happened to the israelites Hmm? so god dealt with well with the midwives and the people multiplied and grew very strong and because the midwives feared god he gave them families oh that's nice that was very nice so, because the Pharaoh's plan for the midwives to kill all the sons as they're born um, fell through, the Pharaoh commanded all of his people. Now we're going on to plan what? C at this point? Give it up. C. Well, the first plan was to enslave them, but that only made that, them stronger. Mm-hmm, the exactly. second plan was to kill all the sons so that they would be eradicated. But that only made them stronger. But that only made them stronger. Now we're going on to plan C, I guess. Which is going to give us somebody who's going to literally blow every single plan that the pharaoh and or king could ever come up with in his face. Anyway. So, the pharaoh commanded his people. So, he's not dealing with the Israelite people anymore. Correct. He's dealing with the Egyptians who hate the Israelites mm-hmm. because... They're racially segregated country. Yeah, and keep in mind how much the king hates them and how much he's afraid of them. He's probably also feeding them lives. They're going to come in. They're going to kill you, steal your wives, steal your children, take all your food. Yep. Um, He tells his people, every son that is born to this Hebrew, to these Hebrews. What? Every son that is born to the Hebrews. Okay. Yes. Wow. That. Um, You shall cast into the Nile, but you shall let every daughter live. Mm, can you imagine the ransacks that probably happened sorry hayden you know yeah i mean in the chaos and like this it's i it's awful like how many babies died how many children died because egyptians came in and just ripped out all the sons and threw them into the nile i wonder if that actually happened it's not written about but you can imagine What's that? I said, I wonder if that actually happened because it's oh, not yeah. written about. Like, I'm all sure the that Egyptians, it did. Like, 
And remember too, like now this is going into the New Testament a little bit, but for a king to just kill an entire people's oh, we'll male that. babies oh, we'll is not that. unusual. No, so it's like not. I'm sure that this was common practice. Yeah, unfortunately, especially for the Egyptians. Yep. So that ends chapter one. <laughs> We've right? had three attempts on murdering the entire Egyptian people. Not Egyptian. Oh my yeah. gosh. No. The entire Israelite people. Yeah. Um, and they, they continue to grow brutal. through it. Yes. I saw a quote. Hold on. Let me find it. I don't remember where it's from, though. I think it's from um, Enduring Word, maybe. Okay. Ooh. It says, suffering and persecution are like a great wave that comes upon a ship and looks as if it will destroy it. But the ship catches the wave and it just uses it to speed along. That's what the Israelite people did. Mm-hmm. They were suffered and they had persecution and they were enslaved for how many how many years were they enslaved for? I think 480. They were afflicted for 480 because that includes past the Exodus, right? No, because once they were from once the Exodus happened, they were free. But there's only been 80 years between the end of Genesis and this. When does the affliction start? I read somewhere that it was when Ishmael but, but I don't laughed know. at Isaac. Wait, hold on. Say that again. I read that when the affliction for the 400 years started was when Ishmael laughed at Isaac. Okay. So when did Ishmael laugh at Isaac? Hold on. Because I have a, uh, I just had a, a direct reference as to where God told Abraham about his people being enslaved. And if we can find where that is in Genesis, where that is in Genesis, and compare it to where Ishmael laughs at Isaac is in Genesis, we can see. Because my aligns. original thought was that they were enslaved for four hundred years, but that's not true because the whole entire book of Exodus is only eighty years. Oh, that's very true. So when did the when did the affliction start? That's a really good question. I don't know. Let's I never even thought to ask that. Let's look it up. Okay, so we're back. Yes, we after a, some thorough research. <laughs> took a, a brief pause. <laughs> Victoria, tell us what you found. So I remember reading it the other day, and it was from Answers in Genesis. Okay. Um, basically, throughout the entire book of Genesis, we have been seeing that 400 years of oppression and whatever. So the verse is actually Genesis chapter 15. Is it 15? Yeah, chapter 15, verse 13. Verse 13, and it says, it says, then the Lord said to Abram, know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs and will be servants there and they will be afflicted for 400 years. Okay. So that's the first promise. Now, later in Exodus and even in some other books of the Bible, it's sometimes referenced to 400 years. And it's sometimes referenced to as 430 years. Which I've noticed. I guess I just never really like thought anything of it. I so I'm glad that you asked this question and that you found all this because this was all very interesting. And I had just assumed that all 400 and or 430 years were while they were in Egypt. Egypt being slaves. But mathematically, that does not make sense. No. So the 430 years is from the time God made that specific promise to Abram in chapter 15, verse 13 of Genesis okay. to the time of the actual Exodus. So that's 430 years from the promise to the Exodus of the Israelites leaving Egypt. Okay. Okay. Because like you said, once they left Egypt, they were free and they still sojourned in a land that wasn't theirs. Were they Well, in the wilderness. Anyway, um, <laughs> aside the point. <laughs> yes. The four, there was a whole other journey. <laughs> the 400 years starts from when Isaac was persecuted by Ishmael, right? Mm -hmm. So at the party, at the weaning party. Yeah, at the weaning party. He was like five. Isaac yeah. was like five. Mm -hmm. Ishmael was like 14, 15 years old. And that's when that 400 year time span started. So from Isaac and Ishmael get into their little tiff, him being persecuted by Ishmael. He Ishmael, laughed at him. He laughed at him. Ishmael gets sent away. Isaac is gone on. And then he has Esau and Jacob. And then Jacob has his sons. And then Joseph and like all that. Mess. And it's I'm pretty sure Ishmael years. marries an Egyptian, by the way. Yes. Because his mom is an Egyptian. Yeah, so. he does. He it's does. just interesting he ties. Egypt. Interesting ties. Anyway. Um, 
So from that point on, from when Isaac is five until the Israelites leave Egypt is 400 years total. All makes sense. So thank you for looking into that. Answers in Genesis. They have a whole thing with a bunch of different references. Go look it up. It was really interesting. It, <laughs> it was, was really enlightening. It was good. But yeah, no, I was like you. I was like, wait, <laughs> this is an ad. The math isn't mathin'. <laughs> right? So anyway. Did we start two? No, we didn't. No, we did not start two. We got stuck on the whole, you're being afflicted. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They just kept getting stronger. Yes. So mind you, now the rule is, is now I don't know where like these raids, like a regular thing. What? Like the the sons? Yeah. I would think so. So like if they heard it because, because, um, well, we'll get there. They probably got incentives and things. But, I mean, we're going to make a couple of parallels between Moses and a few people. I have some parallels. Oh, good. Specifically between Moses and Jesus. Yeah. I've Yes. Mm-hmm. There's obvious parallels there. Yes. Um, And then Moses and Noah. Are we making them? Are they? They're in chapter two. Okay. Yep. So, starting in chapter two, <laughs> we have kind of zooms in from the Israelite people and then the tiff with the Pharaoh to a man from the house of Levi went and took as his wife, a Levite woman. Isn't that incest? Listen, it's ending soon. Anyway, the woman conceived and bore a son. This book, I believe seriously bore a son. And when she saw he was a fine child, (laughs) fine child, (laughs) she hit him three months. So mind you at this point, all the males that are born to the Israelite people are supposed to be slaughtered, yes. thrown into the Nile, killed somehow, whatever. whatever. Can we not have a shining twin? I was going to say, did that just happen? Because that was like almost exact tone. Because I'm like, wait a minute. Did we say that at the same time or didn't we? We did. Why is this? This is anyway. why people hate us. Anyway. Seriously. Um, we do communicate. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yes. When she could hide him no longer, she took for him a basket made of bulrushes. Mm-hmm. Bulrushes. Bulrushes. Hebrew papyrus reads. That's what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, and doubt it mm-hmm. with what are these words? Bitumen. Bitumen. <laughs> Whatever. And pitch. Mm-hmm. She put the child in it. Oh, I know what parallels you're going to make. Yes. And okay. placed it among the reeds by the riverbank. Okay. Because I was I was going to point that out too, but I'm like, oh. Well, just. So if you haven't ca- caught on to this yet, this child is Moses. Yes. Okay. Moses was placed in a basket into the Nile River as a child. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He survived. I'm going to go ahead. Spoiler alert. He survived. He survived. He survived. Um, um, and okay. Not spoiler alert. We've been talking about how he wrote the first five books of the Bible. Well, look, I mean... He didn't do that as a three-month-old baby. I'm not saying that the Lord couldn't I mean, have made him. He was him. a fine child. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. So parallels between Noah and Moses. Yes. Okay. Okay. Both of them survived a water trial and ended up delivering their people. Mm-hmm. Noah delivered the new people to the world, basically. Yeah. Moses delivered. They're both his new people. beginnings. New beginnings. And also the um, pitch. Mm-hmm. the pitch covered the ark the pitch covered the basket also the the word in here that's talking about the bulrushes the the papyrus reeds the hebrew word here is tava i don't know if i'm saying that right tava sounds right um which but i don't know hebrew translates to ark which the only other place that is used in the bible is talking about noah's ark mm-hmm. specifically they don't teach you that in sunday school boom 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 research anyway um so that was the the parallel between noah yeah it's that's really interesting and moses um which is kind of an obvious one like they were both basically placed in an ark and survived um and by god's hand yeah because nothing else well and i just want to point out too like several places i read whenever i was doing research for this the nile is i don't know if it still is actually but at least then it was famous for it's predators really mm-hmm. it um it's crocs specifically it's crocodiles and hippopotamuses hippos are mean they're mean they are mean I and if the fact that water i mean they're throwing like innocent babies in there but then to willingly and like putting all of your faith into putting your baby 
in a basket, in a basket which is essentially i mean yes you're in the basket but how much protection is that really going to offer you against like a massive hippopotamus or like a crocodile's teeth or even like a current for that matter yeah like, like so, anyway anyways. so he was put in the basket so yes. we're gonna make a little bit of parallels between jesus and moses now do it so do it now <laughs> so the pharaoh wanted to kill all the little boys yes same way as herod wanted to kill all the little boys when jesus was born mm-hmm. they were both preserved miraculously preserved in childhood jesus and moses what where did jesus hide in a manger what do you mean egypt oh yeah he did he did go to egypt lol anyway i just was like parallel okay jesus hid in egypt he went well his family went to egypt to hide um because god had told him to go there right mm-hmm. god told joseph yeah an angel of the lord told joseph in a dream yes take your family run every time <laughs> no i'm not going there okay um why though they were both mighty in words and deeds um they both offered deliverance to israel they were both rejected with spite, as we will come to see. They and they were both rejected in their right to be prince and judge over Israel. Isn't that the truth? Mm-hmm. So Moses is, is that mediator. We were talking about in one of these themes, the need for a mediator. Yeah. Just like Jesus is the mediator between the entire world and God. And God. Moses was the mediator between God and the Israelite people. people. Yeah. Boom. Crazy. He was also a mediator between Egypt and the rest of the Israelite people yeah. until he was rejected. Yeah. Anyway. And I just think, um, you know, I guess going back a little bit further to that verse in Genesis that we talked about mm-hmm. and going back to repeated themes is God is using the fact that the Israelites are slaves in Egypt to do to bring just upon the civilization or just on the people in which they live, which is, is it terrible that the Israelites are living the way that they are? Yes, but, uh-huh. but it's, for the but ultimate it's good. good. Yeah. It's kind of like Joseph. Exactly. Joseph was a slave mm-hmm. and then he became second in command in, mm-hmm. in Egypt. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. going back to their roots a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph rolled up like you going down. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Meet me in the streets. It's so, going down. Moses is in the river. In yeah. The basket. And mind you, his mom strategically placed him. Yes. In the river. In yeah. A among the reeds. Yeah. Among the reeds. Yeah. So his sister. So Moses is not an only child. He yeah. has a sister and a brother. Yes. Um. So his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. So basically, she walked along the riverbank to see. Yeah. She kind of went and hid, but out of like sight from a whole lot. But she could. She saw Kind of him. like the police. You Watched can't her. see them, but they can see you. <laughs> so <laughs> she was policing her brother. Um, kind of like Big Brother. They are always watching. Always. Anyway. Cover your cameras. <laughs> so the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe in the river and saw, found Moses, basically, right? She yeah. Found the, mm-hmm. She found the baby. Yeah, she found the baby and she took pity on him. She p- took pity on him. Um, she immediately knew that it was one of the Hebrews' children. Mm-hmm wonder how that happened maybe they'll look different i think we talked about this before we did with the with the ripping of joseph's clothes yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh he's a hebrew <laughs> <laughs> oh well he would have been circumcised too yeah the baby would have the been. baby would have mm-hmm. been so that makes sense yeah anyway so his sister as in moses's sister mm-hmm. Miriam is her name i think said to the pharaoh's daughter shall i go call you a nurse from the hebrew women to nurse the child for you now mind you she didn't know the pharaoh's daughter didn't know that this was his sister exactly so she was like yeah of course like of course i can't nurse him but um yeah sure so he she went and grabbed moses's mom yeah her mom their mom their mom she was actually kind of cunning it was very cunning in this and how how this how this went down so the Pharaoh's daughter gave her back, gave Moses back to his mom and said, hey, go nurse this child until it's weaned, basically. Yeah, raise him. Raise and, him. And mind you, no, I'm sorry. Go and ahead. I will pay you for it. Yeah. So she's getting paid to raise her own child for a period of time. Yes. If that ain't God's hand. Seriously. So she got paid to raise Moses for a short period of time. 
So it says, so when the women took the child and nursed him, when the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. And she named him Moses because she said, I drew him out of the water. Yes. Question. Sure. Do we know how old Moses was? Three to seven. I was going to say, because Isaac was five when he had his weaning party. Three to seven. So Moses definitely knew who his mom was. He grew up his fundamentals of a child when you learn fundamentals of that age he grew up knowing his heritage he grew up knowing god god so grew up knowing his family his brother his yeah. sister his mom. i mean that had to have been traumatic for him as a child but then again he moved into pharaoh's house yeah and i'm sure that like he, he basically became a prince exactly is what it was and i'm sure too that he was conditioned like okay you're gonna you know, when you reach your whatever age, you're going to go live with blah, blah, blah. And you just repeatedly tell them and that yeah. just becomes what is normal. Doesn't it make sense to you now? The fact that Genesis is written so much, especially the parts of when they're in Egypt, to kind of build down into what it was like in Egypt. Doesn't it make sense that Moses wrote that? Because he was yeah, there. He, was there. he grew up. He was educated a lot in of Egypt. He understood their traditions. Their and what the whole thought life. process yeah. would have been. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes yeah. sense. <laughs> Can you imagine him sitting here writing about when he was born? <laughs> right. Autobiography. <laughs> Seriously. Um, so when he's about three or seven, he goes to three to seven years old. He goes to live with the Pharaoh's daughter um, and he's raised as a prince, basically. Um <laughs> Moses's name, Moses's What? Moses's name. Mosnesay. <laughs> Were those words? I was <laughs> We're rapping again, okay? Mosnesay. I said Mosnesnesnes is what I said. Anyway, Moses's name in Egypt in Egyptian means mm-hmm. son of. So normally it would be like what? Or I saw an example what and I can't say? remember. I couldn't hear you. It was like true. Why I put my ear to my microphone? <laughs> like I was gonna hear you better. I don't know. Oh, okay. I didn't hear that. It's first- like true Moses. Like that's a name. It's son of true. Would be that. So it it means son of Moses. The suffix means son of. And usually you would have like a name in front of the Moses's name. Oh, so Moses is like half a name. It's half a name. It's what typically would have been half a name. Yeah, so it means son of an Egyptian, right? So he doesn't have a son of. He's It's just son of. He doesn't have a son of an Egyptian, son of a Hebrew. It's it's nothing. Okay. Which is why he was both rejected by both people yeah mind you but two in hebrew which i Mm, i like the fact that that she she named him based off of the hebrew name the hebrew meaning of his name which means to draw out yes she drew him out of the water and he drew out the israelites from egypt yes how perfect it's like god planned it (laughs) so moses grows up yeah wealthy and well off well educated yeah but I'm sure that it was also made very clear to him, maybe not necessarily by like his adopted mother or, or you know, the family that he had in the palace. I don't know if that's what you want to call it, but that's mm-hmm. what we're going to call it so we can verbally distinguish. Um, but I'm sure it was made very clear to him that he was not. Oh, I'm sure because they didn't intermingle. That he was not an Egyptian. And like, I'm sure the Pharaoh hated it. I'm sure. Because the Pharaoh's son was dead. The Pharaoh's son was dead. I think I read that somewhere. Okay. Or maybe it's in the verses. I mean, it makes some... There's another... Maybe I'm just saying that because I I saw the Prince of Egypt. <laughs> and I'm thinking that he was raised with another another child. But it could have been the, the Pharaoh's daughter's actual son. Josephus wrote that Moses was the heir to the throne of Egypt. And that while a young man, he led armies of Egypt to victories in battle against the Ethiopians. Interesting. Um. Anyways, I mean, is that important? It's just something interesting. Yeah, I re- I think it was from Enduring Word because it, it was extra biblical that the Pharaoh's sons were dead. Oh, and okay. that his daughter was like the only heir. 
So and he so, pretty like, much, that's why he tolerated he it. He tolerated it because, mind yeah. you, this was the person that wanted to kill them all. Yeah. So, like, if his daughter, his only daughter, his. Well, and the Egyptians him, listened to women. They allowed women to rule. Yeah, they did. So. Wonder why it was so, so successful. Wonder why it still stands. Just kidding. Because they. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but also. Mm, not really anyway okay um <laughs> so when he had grown up it says when he had grown up he was 40 grown up to me is not 40 i'm sorry grown up to me is when you've moved out of your parents house and you have a steady job and a steady income <laughs> for some people that's not until 40 i mean yes anyway but he grew up um when he was about 40 years old he went out to his people and he looked on them, their burdens, and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. So he absolutely knew who he was. He mm-hmm. absolutely knew where he came from. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And so he Well, how do you forget your mom? You don't. Yeah. Especially when you've had to spend three to seven years yeah, with her. Exactly. I'm sure he visited. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so I like how it says he looked this way and that way. <laughs> he looked around he and looked seeing around that nobody was around, see. he murdered someone. Yeah. He struck down the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. He did. He hit the body. Moses murdered someone. He did. That the blood of that Egyptian is crying out <laughs> from the ground. It was. Moment of silence for that Egyptian. <laughs> I mean, he was beating no, somebody up. He was, and he had just had enough. He's like, you know, maybe for whatever reason, he was just really feeling it that day, and he's like, "That's it. Like, this is." I mean, we're no. not justifying murder here. No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, it happened. We can't pay. Yeah. We can't fix the past. I'm exactly. Sorry. And so, he, I'm sure he went after him in anger. Maybe not with an. What does it? Does maybe it, not with the intent, intent to kill. To kill, yeah. but like, I mean, he went with the intent to really hurt him. Yeah. And then he just went a little bit too far. Now that I'm making excuses for Moses, because if you're a murderer, you're a murderer. Um, but then it happened and he hid the body. I mean, so, it's it's just another example of God not shielding us from anything. Exactly. Or holding back any type of truth. Because who would it benefit to put that detail in for? Nothing. He but, was obviously rejected by the Egyptians because he was a Hebrew. Mm-hmm. And now we're about to see him be rejected by the Hebrews. Yeah. And I'm sure that this wasn't the first time that he was rejected by the Hebrews because he was raised in the Pharaoh's house, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And he like the sources that I read from Enduring Word um, said that when he went anywhere, he was in a princely chariot and his guards cried out, bow the knee. <laughs> yeah. And, um that if he floated on the Nile, it was a magnificent ship with musical accompaniment. And if he he lived the royal life, we also know that Moses's Hebrew mother had an influence on his life. So she was certainly he was certainly raised in the Hebrew heritage of his mother as well as the cultural wisdom and mighty works and deeds and all the academic scientific societies among ancient culture in Egypt. Interesting. It makes sense. Bow the knee. So yeah, of course the Hebrews probably were like, this guy. Who's this guy? He's not one of us. He's not one of us. He's not one of them. He's just a nobody. Yet again, God choosing the rejected and unwanted. Mm -hmm. The murderers, you know? So I can't talk to you when you're like this. (laughs) So then the next day he sees two of his own people, two Hebrews arguing with each other. And he's like, hey, like, why are you guys fighting? Why Why did did you you strike your your companion? Yeah. And like, what are you, oh, what are you going to do? Kill me? You're going to kill me they too? Knew. They, they knew. They found out. I wonder how he buried a body in the sand. How That's you... definitely not how you get rid of a body. No. Not that we would know. <laughs> um. <laughs> Just kidding. I also we listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. True crime for crime podcasts. <laughs> so then Moses is afraid. Jeez. So then Moses is afraid and he's like, oh my goodness, if word gets back to the Pharaoh, I'm done for. Who made you a prince and judge over us? Did you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? I like how he said prince and judge over us. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So the Pharaoh did find out and he sought to kill Moses he because sure of did. course, any chance he's he would probably get. been waiting for the opportunity. Yep. So he fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian. Midian. Is that how you would say that? M-I-D-I-A-N. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I would say it. Midian. Midian. And he sat down and by a well. Here we come again with the wells. <laughs> the wells. They're wells. So the priest of Midian had seven daughters. And he they did. came and drew water and filled the troughs to water their flock. And basically, Moses stood up and saved them from... They were damsels in distress. They were. And he saved them. Um, and then he watered their flock for them. And then, you know... They went home back to their father, who was the priest of Midian, which I did some research and it said that he was actual like a priest of God. Like he wasn't a pagan. Oh, good. Um, I don't know how. Hold on. Midian is described as the area on the on both the west and the east sides of the Reed Sea land that today is both Saudi Arabia and Egypt. Okay. The priest of Midian was likely a descendant of one of Abraham's other children through Katra named Midian. Okay. So he to was is a man of God. A man of God. Um, so yeah. So they went back to their father and told him what happened. Um, and he's like, okay, well, where is this Egyptian that saved your life? Like, why did you just leave him by the well? Right. <laughs> but at the same time, if they came home with a man, they'd probably be like, uh, what happened here? <laughs> Why have you left the little man? He didn't say little. Why have you left the man? <laughs> I was going to say, wait, I don't remember leaving that. Call him that he may eat bread. That. So Moses was content to dwell with the man and he gave Moses his daughter. Zipporah. Mm-hmm. Zipporah. Zippo. We're going to call her Zippo. <laughs> oh, Zipporah. Zipporah. Okay. Yeah, I, I was going to say, wait, I know how to say it. I just have to see it. I couldn't find what verse it was Zipporah. in. Zipporah. Yes. Zipporah. And she gave him a son, and they called him... I don't know. Gershom? 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 Gertrude? Yeah, no. Gershom? For he said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. Boom. It is. That's not the end. No. So, mind you, Moses has fled Egypt because the Pharaoh wants to kill him because he killed an Egyptian. He has left his enslaved Hebrews behind. It's been 40 years-ish that they have been, eh, probably a little bit more than that, that they've been enslaved, right? Yeah, I would Because they were enslaved before he was born. Yeah, probably give or take 50-ish. 50-60-ish years. Yeah. Um, I didn't say words, I just said gerish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's left those people behind, and he's created his own little life in Midian. He's got a wife, he's got a son, Um. He's doing good for himself, right? Yes. He's like 40, made 45-ish. Mm-hmm. So it says, the very last verses of chapter two, during those many days, the king of Egypt died and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. So mind you, the king of Israel passed away and they no, were- the s- king of Egypt. The king of Israel. We don't have a king of Israel yet. I know. The king of Egypt died <laughs> and the people of Israel- we're still enslaved. And the, the new king probably had no idea why. Mm-hmm. They just were like, oh, well, that, that, that's how it's it was not when broke, I got here. Right? If it's not broke. <laughs> their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God. And God hearing their groaning and God remembered his covenant with... Wait. And God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel and God knew. God knew. Of course he did. Of course he did. And that brings us to the end of chapter two. Yes. Says this anguish cry is balanced by a foretold description of God's response. God heard, remembered, saw, knew. The summary prepares for the call of Moses and emphasizes the theme of divine faithfulness to the covenant promises. There it is. That was from the study section of my Bible. There we have it. Did I say everything I wanted to say? I don't remember. Did you? I don't know. I have. Um, Katra. You remember Katra? The descendant, the Midian, just said it, that he was a descendant from Abraham yes, and Katra. Yes. Katra is the wife that he had after Sarah died. Oh, okay. Just to put that into context. Okay. But at the same time, I had another little thing about how Moses decided to identify himself with the Israelites and not the Egyptians. Um, and he chose to suffer affliction with the people of God 
rather than to be treated like a literal king because he could have been he could have been but he didn't like hmm. even though he was a murderer he, he still decided to choose the side of the israelites yeah his true people and to suffer with them when he could have been the next pharaoh basically yeah, yeah. interesting so. hmm. why don't you think he mentioned his adoptive mother's name like it's just the daughter of the pharaoh I don't know. But he mentions his own parents. Probably because he identified as an Israelite. Probably the same reason why he didn't mention the king's name. Yeah. And he mentioned the midwives. (laughs) Thanks for saving me, but mm, it's all you're good for. Right? I mean, she did provide. Yeah. Otherwise would have been killed, likely. Yeah. Anyway. That's the end of Exodus. Yes, that's the <laughs> end of Exodus. One through two. <laughs> yes, our favorite verse. Yes, what's our favorite verse? Um, is and this again, we both picked the exact same favorite exact verse. Same unplanned. Favorite verse. Um, it is Exodus two twenty five. God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. He knew. He knew. He was like, I got a plan for you guys. Just he always hang knows. in there. I know. I know my promises. I don't forget them. So, on the next episode, we will be discussing Exodus chapters 3 through 5, and that will be up next Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, thank you so much for tuning in today's episode. We hope you've enjoyed the time we've spent in God's Word, and we hope to see you next time. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.